0: I know some of you were probably expecting Father James this morning. He was on the schedule, but uh... he's been away for some much-deserved rest and uh, got in very, very early this morning. So I'm covering for him instead of the other way around uh, as we gather here this day. You know, this is the first week that I've presided at more than two days in a row at Mass, and uh, and so I've I've presided Monday through today and. I'm tired. It's really... (laughs) But, uh, no, he does, certainly has deserved the rest, that's for sure. This morning in uh, the Holy Father's uh, um, audience in Rome, which happens at 11 o'clock there, and of course they're about six hours ahead of us, he uh, was lamenting about the, um, uh, the, I I don't think he called it a scandal, but uh, the situation that we have where we no longer hold Sunday as sacred, uh, as a day of rest, and he was talking about how, you know, that has affected uh, the way the world is, the way family life is, Uh, I would suggest maybe go online and Google it and and, uh, take a little look at what he has to say, because, uh, you know, Sunday and taking time to rest in the Lord and be with one another is so very, very important, Uh, put everything else aside and um, I I think you'll find that that life can be uh, a lot different than what we're finding in this crazy, crazy world of ours. Now this morning in uh, the gospel, Jesus uh, is talking about rest, but he also mentions children. Now not directly, but he says, um, I give praise to you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. For although you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned, you have revealed them to little ones. Jesus mentions children only four times in our Gospels, Um, but it seems each time that he does, he, he very, very much liked children. But then, of course, don't we all? You know if it hadn't been for my situation with my knee I typically am trying to be in in the school at least a little bit every day go over and check in with the principal see how things go on run into some of the kids stop by for you know uh, just peek my head in at the lunchroom or whatnot and it's always a very very joy enjoyable uh, um, thing um, there's always this buzz of excitement with the kids Uh you know, the the chatter that goes on you know to them seems to be rather earth-shaking news uh, there's this vibrant expectation of of different experiences in the air and there's a always this warmth of relationship uh, once in a while there might be a fight or two but uh, for the most part the kids get along pretty well and and it's always good to be around them and, and even you know sitting in the office over here or having a meeting and watch the kids go back and forth between the school and the church. It's just fun to watch them and all the energy. In fact, I wish I had that kind of energy. Um, but above all, there is this atmosphere amongst the kids that anything is possible, that, that life is good, that life will get even better as the days and, and the years move on. You know, a world without children would be a very grim world. And once when I was uh, teaching, I brought in a, an ex-convict who spoke to my classes about his experiences uh, in in prison, and he told them about the boredom and uh, the loneliness. Uh, I was trying to scare the kids so that they would not ever find themselves in a in a place like that um, and and they understood the those parts of it, but what they could not quite experience was his description of a prison as a world without children you know the, the the joy of being around children must have been even more compelling in jesus's times you know a, a large percentage uh, in fact more than 50% of children uh died at birth and then a significant number more of children did not make it to their fifth year, so, you know, children were very, very precious in that day and age, and and even those who survived beyond the fifth year of life were were oftentimes very sickly and, and malnourished. And for all of them, of course, carefree childhood uh, usually ended at about the age of 10 or 11 when they had to go to work or or go out into the streets and bags, so that their family could survive so it's no wonder that, that children were a, a fleeting and very priceless pleasure but jesus he saw something more in that jesus saw children as a people worthy of god's kingdom as people who who possess the, the very virtues that make the kingdom of God possible, you know, liveliness, for example, our kids are above all very much alive, and they 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 burst with energy. I think that's why uh, you know, when we visit with see a, a child who is very very sick, uh, it's a sad sight to us. They they They've lost that spirit, and uh, the spirit that personifies childhood. And of course, Jesus is in the world, and he's, um, you know, the life of the world personified. He, he recognized life. He inspired life. He rejoiced in life. And maybe that's why he made eternal life the first principle of the kingdom. And from his own experiences, Jesus knew that children have an intuitive sense of wonder and awe. The kids are naturally curious. And, and even as they grow in wisdom, they they know that there is no end to learning and, and to and you know to finding more about life. And so our, our children. I believe, naturally sense the presence of God in their lives. Have you ever met a kid who's an atheist? You know, it it takes jading in the culture for that to happen. But truly, our our children have this sense of God's presence in their lives. And we, as adults, we wind up diluting that divine presence, you know, with well-meaning substitutes. especially at at Christmas and Easter time, and I I won't go any deeper into it than that, but I I hope the adults here understand what I'm trying to say. But those things quickly lose their power. So before we die, every world-weary adult must regain a childlike appreciation and appetite for our God. Otherwise, otherwise, why would we ever want to enter the kingdom of God? Our youngsters are naturally humble because they depend on others for everything, including life itself. Can can we as adults get ourselves to that place? You know, placing ourselves in God's hands because that. Humility, that humbleness of our children is precisely what makes them good candidates for the kingdom. You know, the kids are not impressed by our degrees, they're not impressed by the, the awards that we have, the titles, the, the place that we hold in our businesses, our accomplishments. They don't care about those things. You know, all that our children want to know is do. You love me. That's it. Which is why children are such indiscriminate lovers. They love things without reason, beyond their worth, for no purpose at all. But think about it we adults, on the other hand, we've become jaded. We learn to parcel out our love. We Learn to use it wisely. We, you know, we we share our love sparingly, and usually it's to get something, to attain some goal, not just for the purpose of love. It's a, a childish wisdom to know that the purpose of love is not to become better or to make others better. The goal of love. Is simply union with others, aside from our love for them. you know the practical truth about children is that they're basically useless, <laughs> and often bothersome. And I'm not serious here. You know they're valuable to those who love them, which makes them perfect models for us, for adults, who want to enter God's kingdom. Because we are finally, all of us, we are useless servants and are valuable only to God who loves us and all the people who love us and the people whom we love.